10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits. Culver is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. We've got a very special guest in studio today, one of the... Many new members of the A-State men's basketball team. There's a bunch of them, but this guy, one of the players that we've heard the most about and very excited to have him in studio today from Magnolia, Arkansas. It's Darian Ford. How you doing, Darian? Man, I'm great. Thank you for having me, and I'm blessed. For those who don't know exactly where Magnolia is, kind of tell us about Magnolia. Where is it at? How big is it? Give us all the info. Well, Magnolia is down close to the south, close to Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And so not a very big population, but it's pretty big. Uh, I think it's like 11, 12,000 people maybe. All 13,000 right. maybe. Uh, College town, southern, southern Arkansas. Southern Arkansas University. My dad and mom attended there. And so it's a great experience to have them as mule riders, even though I didn't follow their path. You know, it's still great for them to go to that school. It's a great school, by the way. Arkansas State time. Well, not that there's just one. Remember, Steve Roberts at one time was the head football coach of Southern Arkansas. I remember when I was calling games for Harding going down Mm -hmm. to Southern Arkansas. But uh, we want to know everything about you. Tell us about (laughs) your family. What did your parents do? What do they do? So my mom was a social worker for the school. My dad works for the school as a mentor. They were always around me. I through 12th grade. I saw them a lot in school and outside of school already. So that was one benefit that I had of going to Magnolia that they were able to work at the school. And I got to spend a lot of time with them before I left for college. Just being there was amazing. You know, you, everybody knows everybody pretty much. I like being around that community. You know, it's a great community. The fans are amazing as far as basketball. The community is amazing outside of basketball. And, you know, it's just a big family. And I've seen you posting about your little brother. You've got mm-hmm. a little brother in high school, and he's a basketball player too, right? Yes, sir. He's going to 10th grade, and he seems like he's jumping higher every day. And, you know, hopefully he can get a scholarship to go play basketball somewhere one day or whatever he wants to do in life. But he's he's coming a long way. Yeah, I have conversations. Has it gotten to the point yet where he's going into 10th grade, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, this is the fact. He's got three more years to spend being your little brother, mm-hmm. which not just in Magnolia, but in the state of Arkansas and in high school basketball, there could be a lot of pressure on the young man. So have you guys talked about that, about just kind of doing him? Well, I don't want him to have any pressure, and I don't think he has any pressure, you know. Me and him are totally two different people, and, you know, I wouldn't want him to have to do the same things I did. You know, I just want him to create his own path, but – just having him as a brother is a great feeling, and, you know, I love him to death. Like I said, he's working very hard, coming a long way, but just by him enjoying life, I'm happy for him. You don't want him to, but there's going to be noise. Uh, there could be. There could be. I don't think it'll affect him, though. You know, we have a pretty strong household. You know, our parents keep us very disciplined and strong-minded, so I feel that he, he could take care of it. Well, the other thing I wanted to ask, because you mentioned your parents. You said a social worker and a mentor in the school. Mm-hmm. So. Kind of what is it about your parents? Their job basically to help people, and sometimes maybe people in tough situations. What is it about your parents that they're both wired that way? I just feel that that's how they were brought up before I was even born. You know, having generational people in your life before me, before my dad and them, it's just the culture thing. And I feel that their culture, you know, you have to earn everything, and they just instill that into us. And so I'm glad to have them as my parents as well. No, one thing I've seen just through your social media post is you post about your faith a lot mm-hmm. and i'm guessing that comes from my dad my dad and mom you know nothing's possible without god and so i was instilled in church at a young age 
brought into church at a young age and my dad always told me don't be a pew sitter and by that he means like do work in the church if you can play basketball in front of thousands of people you can do work in front of people that's serving god now did your parents play basketball too oh man so my dad played for southern Arkansas <laughs> university and my mom played in high school but she says i didn't get everything from my dad so uh <laughs> I, my dad been training me my entire life my entire life, I've learned a lot of knowledge from him and from other coaches as well. They just built off of what he's already told me. And, you know, just having those two in my life on and off the court, just telling me every day you nothing's given, you have to earn it. So I feel that that's what I walk into every day every time I step on the court. Did you try the other stuff? Did you dabble in the other sports? So I played football, peewee football in fourth grade. But after that, my mom wouldn't let me anymore. <laughs> and so I think I did pretty good. I think I would have been pretty good. But, you know, I'm happy I chose basketball. When did you realize that you had a very special talent for basketball? I would say fourth grade because yeah. I played with a coach, rest in peace, Chris Trahan and Carlos Sims, which he still I still talk to him till this day. We won nationals in Conway, Arkansas, and I think I just took off from there. Everything just started making me want to work even harder. You won a state championship, and you were the state tournament most valuable player as a freshman. Mm-hmm. So how soon did you start – hearing from colleges my first offer was from baylor in eighth grade and then the oh wow they just kicked in so from eighth grade until now well not it stopped after i committed <laughs> <laughs> did it it stopped but then I once i got into actually, transfer i don't know that i believe it to tell you the truth <laughs> <I don't laughs> like it. Yeah, eighth to twelfth after my commitment so starting eighth grade and you know, it made me work harder every day. Every time a new offer came in, just made me work harder. What's that like, though? And I guess you can go a couple of different ways there. Mm-hmm. You can let it go to your head, mm-hmm. which I'm sure, you know, for a high school student, that can easily go to somebody's head. But especially when you're in eighth grade, you're not even playing high school basketball yet, mm-hmm. and you're getting Division One offers. So how did you stay grounded through that process? Well, I feel that coming from Magnolia, you know um, – there's nobody that I know that's made to the NBA from where I'm from in Magnolia. And so just having that, you know, you never want to make mistakes, even though you're going to make mistakes, but you try to just stay on the right path on and off the court. So by me having an offer, I don't think that changed my mentality of, man, I got an offer. I can I can settle down. I'm I'm uh, satisfied now. So I feel that just by having that offer, being from Magnolia, that made me work harder because I know what I'm trying to do. And if I'm trying to go to where I'm trying to go to, I have to stay grounded, like you said, stay disciplined, keep working hard to get where I'm trying to go to and take care of my family. It's really easy to go, oh, yeah. I mean, kids all over the world are out shooting basketball saying mm-hmm. they want to be in the NBA yep. or they want to play big-time college basketball. Mm-hmm. When did that go from just the thing Darian the kid said mm-hmm. to, like, really what you kind of zoned in on and started working toward? Eighth grade when I got that offer, you know, because now since that offer is coming in, this could really be where I could go to school. So, you know, I just want to start building on that. That's when it kind of kicked in, like, really, like, this is what's going to be happening. Before we get all the way away from high school, mm-hmm. I've got to kick it back because not now, but the entirety of your high school basketball career, I, I hosted a sports talk show up here where we talked a ton of high school sports. So while everybody else is talking about, you know, Darian Ford, the this, the that, even then Darian Ford, the Arkansas commit, and blah, 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 I'll be honest with you, to me, you were Darian Ford, the kid that kept keeping either Brooklyn or Blyville from winning a state championship. <laughs> Yes. You had some battles with those guys. That game against Brooklyn, we still talk about it to this day, me and my family. We were down the entire game. And so they came out, played a 
heck of a game, and that free throw saved my my career as far as my sophomore year, staying undefeated and hopefully going to win a state championship again for my second year, my sophomore year. But COVID messed it up. But Brooklyn was a great team, and far as Blytheville, we played them my ninth grade year, which they were a great team. My ninth grade year, we only beat them by three, I think. And then my sophomore year, they were a great team again. We didn't play in my junior year because it was on the other side of the bracket. But my senior year, we played them in the state championship. We knew there was going to be a game because they had great players. And they were just a very physical and tough team. Teams like that, they're kind of hard to play against because you never know. Like, they could come out one night and have the best night in their life of hitting jumpers. And they're already a tough team. So you have to just think about things like that. But just playing against those two teams right there, those are great memories for me. You were a two-time Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Arkansas. You won three state championships in four years. Three times you were the state tournament most valuable player. And you mentioned the streak, Mm -hmm. 54 consecutive wins in high school. So when you look back on your high school career, what are you most proud of? Winning three championships. When I was in ninth grade, or just before, like when I was talking about me playing AAU for my coaches, I wore number three. So in when I went to junior high, I wore number three. And then when I got to high school for ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th, I wore 20. The significance about number three, though, was just one guy, one faith, one baptism. That's something my dad instilled to me, instilled in me from going to church and, and those types of things. And just winning three championships made it even better. And the thing about it is we won – our last two games by three for my senior year. So it seemed like three is just something that's just special or it's just like in me. Something about three. It's something about the number three. Why did you go to 20? Because my dad wore 20 in high school, so I wanted to be like him. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, three, we still stuck with three. Like, everywhere we go on our chest, like, we had the thing, hashtag that work. Mm -hmm. It was a brand that my dad started at a young age, and that used to be my, my job. When I was back in Magnolia, I used to go around selling shirts because I had too much time dealing with basketball to have a real job. So by doing that, you know, the community, they supported me very well, and they still do to this day. And so I was happy to do that. But the three is very significant. So by winning those three championships, those are great memories for my career. When did you commit to Arkansas? I committed to Arkansas, I want to say in July, before my senior season started. Okay. So before your senior season, You end up going to Fayetteville. You spent one season there last year. So Mm -hmm. tell us about that experience. How were you able to improve? Obviously, Mm -hmm. you didn't play as much as Mm -hmm. you wanted to. But at the same time, how were you able to use that as a learning experience? So, you know, just making less mistakes. Coaches held me to a high standard as far as not turning the ball over, being in the right positions, and how to help. So I learned a lot of things being by myself a lot. Learned to be by myself a lot, being in the gym consistently on things that I need to improve on. And I feel that I develop as a person and a player. But just learning those types of things about don't want to turn the ball over, sprint to your spots, no middle, just all those different types of things that I learned up there and just building relationships with people that I have buns for for the rest of my life. Look, there are an awful lot of kids in this state. Mm-hmm. They just sort of kind of get it ingrained in them that whatever sport to play in, if that's the offer that comes, mm-hmm. you take it when that comes and that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. How'd you balance all that out? You're talking about you started getting offers in eighth grade. You don't mm-hmm. commit to the summer before your senior year. So how did you factor all that in to not just do what I'm sure you're getting a lot of pressure to do was commit to them the very first mm-hmm. second you could? Well, actually, you know, just talking to every coach that was interested in me, you know, I want to see all my options. Just tried to build a relationship, and Arkansas was the one that I built a relationship with 
the most, but I want to balance that out. Like you said, talk to these coaches, don't want to move too fast, see what they have to say, how I feel about it, visit the school. And, you know, that's how I balanced it out. Coach Hodson was in here a couple of weeks ago, and he told a story of when Alabama played in Fayetteville Mm -hmm. last year. And he said that you didn't play in that game, but Mm -hmm. he remembers leaving the arena. There's still people in the arena, and here's you coming back out onto the floor, getting a full workout in. Mm -hmm. And he kind of prefaced it by saying that, hey, it wasn't for show. You Mm -hmm. could tell. He just wanted to get back out there and get better, and that left an impression on him. So I think there's a lot of players in that position that, hey, two-time Gatorade Player of the Year in the States, you've got all these expectations on you. Maybe you're hanging your head, you're sulking a little bit, but that didn't seem to be the case with you. So where did that motivation come from? Obviously, that drive was coming from somewhere. Well, you know, I think things happen for a reason in life, and that's one of the things – that stood out to me personally, too, that I was still going out there and shooting. But, you know, not playing, I feel that it was like a challenge or a test from God because, you know, my whole life I've been playing this many amount of minutes, starting this many amount of minutes. Now it's not happening. So how am I going to react now when things not going my way? Am I about to start sitting down and stop working hard just because I'm not playing as much as I want to and things not going like how I wanted to? Am I about to start soaking? And being upset with the people that I'm around every day and not being a nice person, I want to talk to anybody because I'm not playing. I just felt it was a test to God and that that I can still keep improving myself even if things not going the way that I want to. So in that year up there, mm-hmm. what'd you learn? Not about basketball. What'd you learn about life? And, and maybe what'd you learn about yourself? Keep faith in God and believe in your work. Believe in your work and keep faith in God. Go on the right path every day. Treat everybody with respect and just be comfortable. Never burn your bridges. I think that's some pretty good life advice <laughs> right there, Darian. And there's a lot of people a whole lot older than you that don't get that. Mm-hmm. And look, you can say you didn't play the amount of minutes that maybe you expected going in mm-hmm. to last year. But I want to point out some accomplishments that you did have mm-hmm. while you were at Arkansas. You made the Dean's List mm-hmm. last year and also won the SEC Community Service Award mm-hmm. last year, which uh, I think is impressive for anybody. But to do that as a freshman is extremely impressive. And I know you're already involved in City Youth Ministries here in Jonesboro. Mm-hmm. I've spent some time with them. And my question coming in was, where does that desire to serve come from? But I think you already answered it. Your parents are the perfect example of that. I see my parents work so hard every day. And then, like my dad, he goes after school, he goes talk to kids as well. Like, just hangs around them, just trying to help talk to them about life, just see how they're feeling. You know, just encourage them to stay faithful. You know, they pray right when he get there and they pray before he leaves. I think that's one of the things that you can just help anybody. Like, you never know whose day is bad. Like, you can just, you don't have to just call anybody when you need help. Like, sometimes you can just call them and just check on them, see how they're feeling. So we talked about fourth grade, you focus in on basketball. You know, eighth grade, you get your first offer. But in mean, amongst there, when did you learn? Because, I mean, you're a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, now I'm so old, you're a kid still right now. But back then, mm-hmm. you sure as heck were a kid. Mm-hmm. When did you know or when did it register with you that you had a platform? I would say fourth grade. Really? I would say fourth grade because, I, like I said, that's when things start to kick off and we start posting the hashtag that work on Instagram and then we just, social media start going up itself. Everybody start going to social media and, and now it's just 
social media is so big in this world today and a lot of publicity and it's a lot of media now mm -hmm. these days that could just help you. And so the platforms, I think it builds from social media. Well, you know, that platform can go one way or another. Yeah, well, We've seen it go mm -hmm. in the wrong direction so many times. So I, I know you've got to be conscious got of it. everything you're doing on there. Then that's one thing Coach Hodgson far as me, I, I hear him, he tells me, uh, he tells the team, but when I feel that he's talking to me as well, is just be careful about what you do on social media. Like you said, it can go either one or two ways, up or down. And, you know, he preaches about that. And so just having him, having the experience that he has, it, you know, it sticks a little bit closer to you. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Visiting with A-State men's basketball player Darian Ford here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. It was on April 27th that you announced on social media that you were entering the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. Why did you feel like you were needing to leave Arkansas? Well, I just want to be in a better position. I want to be in a better position. I felt it was time for change to do what I was trying to do for my future and my career, and that was that. And I feel like it was time for me to enter the transfer portal. We're not going to belabor this, but I do have to ask, what changed? Because at one point, right, you, you really at one time said, I'm not leaving, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you sort of indicated you weren't going to go in, and then yeah, it was some time later mm -hmm. that you said, so just whether inside yourself or whatever, sort of your perspective or kind of mm -hmm. what changed in between there? Actually, because I made a post saying that I was coming to Fairville, you know, just I think it was just me being excited about the next year coming up, and I had been taking time to really just sit down and think, and then so I started thinking about everything, talking with my family, and you know, we talked and we said, we're just going to try this path. You know, maybe it's time for something new. And so that's when I decided to enter the portal. After you entered the portal, mm -hmm. how quickly did you hear from Coach Hodson? So actually, Parker St. Pierre, mm -hmm. he, he called me, but I hadn't entered the transfer portal. He was just calling just to talk. But he was saying, man, Darren, we wish you could come up here to A-State. Coach Hodson would love you and... I hadn't talked to Coach Hodgson yet. Well, hold on. Let's just pause that real quick. How did you know Parker St. Pierre? From AU. Me and, him, okay. me and him play AU together, and we just stay on the phone. We just talk about anything about life. And just having him as a friend was a great experience. You know, he's a great dude, and he's doing great things right now. Okay. So continue now. So you hear that, you know, we'd love to have you at Arkansas mm -hmm. State. And see, right now I'm still I'm still in school at Arkansas. And, you know, me and him just talking, I said, well, you know, I'll I be thinking about it. But right now, I'm, I'm focused on being here at Arkansas. I'm still talking to my family and everything. The season's over, and that's why I d decided to enter the transfer portal. Parker saw it. He said Coach Hodgson wanted to get on the phone and talk. And But before he had did that, me and Coach Hodgson had talked. And so I felt that by talking to Coach Hodgson was a great experience. He rushed out so quickly to me. And one of the things that was funny was that he said, Darren, we just need you down here. We just want to get you down here. And just hearing his voice was different from a lot of other coaches that I had talked to. And I had to come down here. And Probably visit. a lot deeper voice than what you're Oh, he got. He has a deep voice. He has a deep voice. But he's a <laughs> great person. And we had practice today, and he pushes me to a high standard, which I need. I need to have that type of coach that's going to push me and tell me the truth. He's very truthful. You know, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. And I'm just, I'm happy I'm here. 
I mean, you grow up in Magnolia, which in one direction is as far away from Jonesboro you can be and still be in the same state. And you go to Arkansas, which in other directions just about as far away from Jonesboro mm-hmm. as you can be to be in the state. So, you know, you've always been an Arkansas kid. You've always been four or five hours away from Jonesboro. Yes. So what did you know about A-State and the A-State program anyway? I knew it was a beautiful city because I came up here playing AU sometimes. And so I knew it was a beautiful city. But then when I got here, you know, just seeing – actually being able to see without having to go play any basketball games, just see how the town is, it's amazing. It's kind of like Magnolia, but just bigger. You know, Coach Hodson told the story, and he said he talked to your dad on the phone during the recruiting process, mm-hmm. and that's part of it. But he said your dad made it clear, this is Darian's decision, mm-hmm. 100% Darian's decision. And Coach even told the story of how you got in the car, and, and you really don't drive – long distances but you drove all the way to jonesboro by yourself Mm -hmm. and that's not very typical where you take the visit without any family and obviously you and your family are close but you did this trip alone so why was that important that it was just you one-on-one with coach hodson and and everybody else here one thing my dad and mom like they preached to us when I'm in school and when I was younger and still to this day is they're not going to be here my entire life. You got to grow up. So that was one thing, just being by myself, growing up more, being able to make decisions, even if I'm by myself, don't have to have my parents around. They feel that I'm mature enough to make the right decisions. And so just having that trust from them and I trust them, they trust me to make a decision. So coming on this trip, you know, just want to be listening and just growing up. That was a grown up trip. So, Tell me about your visit then. Visit was great. Right when I got here, the coaches was already ready to go to the football stadium. We went to the football stadium. A just sat down and talked, was able to look around, and just having those types of conversations, it was like just another family, just another family. Everything was truthful. And one thing um, we talked about was just how I could develop on and off the court. So that was great conversation i know you met with a lot of people during the recruiting process and Mm -hmm. and here at a state but the president of the university also talked to you as well Mm -hmm. dr welch Mm -hmm. does that leave an impression when when somebody like that reaches out to you absolutely i met him face to face he came into the office and just being able to shake his hand was a great feeling and you know you don't see that often like you said it's very rare and so just him coming in you know it just shows the support and how excited they were for me to potentially come down here. And so that was And you realize great. he takes all the credit for you you coming here now, right? That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm sure Coach Hassan doesn't mind it as well. Yeah, he doesn't care. The, the other thing that was interesting is, you know, Jeff Parenton, the AD, meets with practically every recruit in every sport. And plus, who knows how many recruits he met at Alabama or Florida State, different places along the way. Mm-hmm. His big takeaway is you're the first young person that's ever sat and visited with him on a recruiting trip and it was over asked him for his business card <laughs> i need about? because how am i going to get in touch with you if i don't have your business card or any information you know that doesn't make sense if i'm trying to get in touch with you like because i was i was really interested i'm not i wasn't just here just to come on a visit like i really wanted to see what the culture was about how the coaching staff was the people that i talked to so i had to get some type of information that is uh not typical, Darian. <laughs> Another thing that's not typical is something, and Coach Hodson told us, you took other visits to mm-hmm. other schools, but when you did, you would reach out to him and say, hey, 
I don't want you to find out about it on social media. I'm going to visit this place. And he said his his heart would drop anytime you'd say something like that. (laughs) But he said that's a courtesy not shown very often. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we find out about so many things on social media now. Mm -hmm. But you thought it was important to tell him first. I did. I feel that you should be straightforward with a person because I want people to be straightforward with me. You know, I don't want any back talk behind my back. Just tell me straight up if you don't want me, then tell me you don't want me. If you do want me, tell me you want me. I just like truth and honesty. And that's one of his four core values. He talks about it a lot. I try to be a very truthful person. And, you know, I just want people to be straightforward with me. All right. So you talk about the visit. You talk about the job they did, building a relationship and all the things, important ones. But two, you won three state championships in high school. You, know, you went to a sweet 16 mm-hmm. your first college season. So you want to win. Mm-hmm. So what about the coaching staff or what you'd seen they'd done already? What convinced you you can come here and keep winning? Well, Coach Hazen, he has one of the best resumes as far as you can have as a college coach, you know, and then from his previous season in Alabama, they went to the Sweet 16 as well, if I'm not mistaken, right? They did go to the they Sweet They did, yeah. And they won the SEC championship. So he, he knows what he's doing. I believe in him. And I just believe he can develop my game on and off the court. In total, it was 22 days that you were in the portal from the day you announced on April 27th to the, the day that – you announced your commitment mm-hmm. to Arkansas State on May 19th. This is the place you wanted to be, and you kind of told us some of the reasons why, but that announcement kind of exploded mm-hmm. on social media. And, and you talked about how you've been building up that social media and, and mm-hmm. trying to be real conscious of what you put out there for a lot of years now, but over half a million people saw mm-hmm. that post. Were you kind of blown away by that? I was just seeing that those many people look at look at my page was an amazing feeling because half a million is a lot of people. Sometimes you wish you could have that type of money. <laughs> and just having those people just just see my page, it just shows that my platform is pretty big. That's one of the things that I'm glad you said that platform. My dad has says, I'm not using this platform for basketball, I'm using it to spread what God can do for you. Without him, like I said, I wouldn't be on that court. And so this platform that I have is to show it's God through me. You know, without basketball, you know, you got to have God first. If somebody has a path that I have or somebody just wants to hear about God, you know, that could help somebody in their life. I'm going to ask the same question in sort of three parts. Mm-hmm. First of all, tell me about it within yourself coming mm-hmm. to the decision that A-State was the spot. Just sitting down and I prayed. I sat down for like five minutes before I making my final decision because I wanted to make it before dead day. I want to make it before dead day or right on dead day. And I sat, I prayed before I called any coach to tell them whether I was coming to them or not or texting them. And I prayed for like five minutes. And I, right after my prayer, I took like 30 seconds just of silence. And I said, I'm going to A-State. You know, I felt that if anything goes wrong, I made the decision. I made the decision to come here, so I take I take that. But I'm very confident about the decision I made. So keep in mind, I'm just asking for the number. Mm-hmm. You said you were going to call or text coaches, mm-hmm. even counting Coach Hodson. Mm-hmm. How many coaches did you reach out to tell them you'd made a decision? I texted every coach that, that was in touch with me. They got in touch with me, and I feel I think a lot of schools got in touch with me, but I just texted them, thank you for the opportunity, and that I wouldn't be coming. But I texted every coach, I mean every school that reached out to me, because I never wrote my list down like until like five or three. I just talked with every coach every day. So was Hodson first or last that you contacted? 
Oh, he was first. I contacted him first, said I was coming. And then I told the other coaches that I, that I wouldn't be coming. What was his reaction? So he thought, he didn't, he didn't think I was, I don't know if he thought I was coming or not, but he he wanted me to um, tell him, like he was very anxious because he had to go on a trip. And uh, I told him I'd be in contact with him. And he was just saying, man, Darren, this would be the school for you. In my head, I had knew, like I had a great feeling that I was coming here, but I just didn't want to say anything yet. Mm-hmm. But he was very straightforward. Like he was just saying, we just want the best for you. So I guess whether I came here or not, that's one of the things about him. He was going to be happy for me. He was sure happy when I called and said I'll be coming. Did he make you say it two or three times? Actually, he said, are you serious? <laughs> he said, are you serious? And so I told him, yes, coach, I was coming. He said, uh, just thank you. And we're building a relationship to this day. So, again, you had done the whole thing. You'd been the kid that played your whole senior season as the Arkansas commit and signee. You spent a year at Arkansas. Arkansas kid your whole life so you sort of knew some of what would come so we talked about you deciding we talked about you telling coach Hodson but what are you thinking in this world it's going to be official once you hit sort of send on that social media Mm -hmm. post what was that like and wondering what the reaction would be I felt that you know once I made the post that I just want the people to see it so I watch it but I want to be happy for myself first so if somebody I know some people probably did like me going to a state some people probably did but at the end of the day my parents always tell me whether they like it, if they hadn't liked my decision, but they do. I want to just clear it up. They do. They love my decision, but they always tell me, make, do whatever best for me, whether they like it or not. That goes for basketball or anything outside of basketball. And so I was happy with my decision. So I, I was hoping that everybody would like the decision. I always want people to be happy. But if some people didn't, then I, I can't change that. But I'm I'm happy about the decision I made. Well, for the record, we're happy yes, with we're your happy. decision we're as happy, well. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So you're here now. So what's it been like uh, getting to know and, and getting to practice a little bit with your new teammates? So we had our first week of practice last week, and so that went great. I feel that everything is just developing. And we have how many weeks of summer left? Seven weeks of yeah. summer left. And so for these seven weeks, I just want to develop my game as best as possible. So we have practice this morning, and we have practice tomorrow. Again, Lord says the same, and I'll be up ready for that. And I just want to develop my game, and I know I'm going to have to put extra work in after practice. But it's something that I want to do because I know the goal that I have, and I want to try to just develop myself off the court as well, becoming more mature. There's 15 players on the roster now, and you're one of nine newcomers. So mm-hmm. obviously most of the guys – are just like you. Mm-hmm. They're here for the very first time. So how have those six returners been able to kind of welcome you in? Oh, it's been great. I think we connected early. We went to bowl right when we got here on the first day, and then we played pickup the next day. And so we connected very well. We're very competitive, and I feel that we're just going to keep developing on and off the court with each other and getting a better connection. So even you know, before, I don't know, just before we went in the portal, but certainly before it got deep into your visit and committing, mm-hmm. you sort of saw what Coach Hudson was doing. And I think mm-hmm. you saw that you know they had landed Freddie Hicks, which around here you know, we talked, there was a lot of talk about that. But obviously that's another great player from the state of Arkansas. How much did you guys know each other? Or what did you think when you saw, hey, Freddie Hicks is going to A-State? So – I met Freddie just when I got here, but before I came or met him in person, I watched some of his videos because I, I hadn't heard of him, but he actually played my high school coach that's at Magnolia right now. Yep. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. He played him, told me about him. So me and him, we're just developing a connection with one another, and we're actually roommates, so that's, that's great. Who else did you already know outside of Parker St. Pierre? Were you familiar with anybody on, on the roster when you came in? 
I was not. Uh, people think that me and Terrence Ford are like cousins doing something. So <laughs> that's something uh, I would say, like, if anybody doesn't know us, I would say, oh, that's my cousin. Just to uh, play around. But great people and, you know, we're very competitive. And so I'm, I'm liking, liking the team, loving the team. Well, Terrence Ford's your cousin. That makes Caleb Field your cousin because they say they're twins. That'll make him my cousin, too. We're all cousins <laughs> on the team. Everybody's family. So this is great. We practice hard every day, and I feel that we're just going to keep developing for these seven weeks. Seem like there's a pretty good bond mm-hmm. already between you and your teammates. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You know, we share the ball pretty good, and, you know, we connect off the court pretty good. You know, a lot of laughs. Everybody's funny on the team. I'm not the funniest. I'll tell you that. I'm not the funniest. There's a lot of funny people on the team. Who's the funniest? Isaiah is very funny. I knew yeah. he was going to say Isaiah. Isaiah is very funny. He's very funny. But Freddie is very funny as well. But I, it's between him and Isaiah. But Isaiah is funny. So you had this unique perspective once you really want to start thinking about Arkansas State and you talked to Coach Hodson. You didn't really have to wonder what style of play you wanted to play because you played Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, you, and I'm sure he told you, hey, that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. So from a player's standpoint, Tell us what we're going to see and how you feel like you fit into that. I feel that you will see a very fast-paced team, you know, getting up a lot of shots, getting downhill, a lot of extra passes, like one more passes to a, a shot, but a lot of shots. You'll see a lot of shots and a lot of tough defensive things, techniques, great defensive team, great rebounding team. So I feel that's what you'll see. To be threes and layups? Threes and layups, rebounding, tough physical team. We talked about how you were on the dean's list mm-hmm. last year. What are you majoring in? So this year I wanted to major in business. So I'll be majoring in business. Why business? I want to learn more about like the business side of things, you know, just just get connected with that. And the thing that I'd be majoring in business, marketing and finance, because I like money. I like money. I like You got to be able to handle that money. I got to be able to handle money. I want to learn how to manage my money, how to invest it, you know, those types of things. We talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. What are you most excited about going into this year? Being able to get the feel of being back on that court again for hopefully I'll be out on that court again from the way I work just to be able to like see if I make a mistake or not and then just develop off that because I feel that once you make mistakes, you learn from your mistakes and so that'll help me develop my game even more. So, you know, not having as many chances to make a mistake at Arkansas by being out there on the floor now, I could potentially be out there by the way I work and be on the floor, and then I make mistakes, then the coaching staff will direct me into what I need to do. You know, just having that feeling again because my dad says don't be afraid of criticism or somebody trying to tell you the truth because that's what you need. You need that to be successful. And one of the things that Coach Hodgson talks about is nothing's going to get easier. It's going to get harder. We had a video, the Duke women's coach talking about that. Nothing's going to get easier. It's going to get harder. And so – just dealing with the hard things, you know, I feel that that's going to make me successful. I bet he told you everything good's on the other side of hard, didn't he? Coach Hodgson got a quote for everything. <laughs> he does have some quotes. He We're has, already finding that out. Yes, but they're very impactful, though. Very motivational as well. And so we we got weights today, and so I'll be thinking about that. Hey, you mentioned uh, women's basketball, and of course we've seen a lot of transfers come in on the, the women's basketball mm-hmm. team, but another South Arkansas kid, Winner Rogers. Mm-hmm. Coach Rogers' little sister is is here now, too. So she's, you're not the only South Arkansas kid no, that's coming. She's a great player. I was able to see her play in Camden, Arkansas when they came down because her dad was the coach. Yeah. Her dad was the coach. And so praying for her and her family and everything goes well on their side of the things for women's basketball, which I pray it will and it should go that way. So 
I was listening. I know we're you know close to wrapping it up, but I was listening to you talk a second ago, and it, it jumped out to me that you made the comment getting back out on the floor. Mm-hmm. Did at any point in the last year your confidence get shaken? I feel that it made my confidence get stronger for when the opportunity came that I'll be ready. So I don't feel that my confidence was shaken. But, you know, just getting back into that groove of, man, I'm, I'm running down the floor, getting tired. I feel that it's just something I'm excited for. Well, we couldn't be more excited about you being here. And, mm-hmm. man, we've really, really enjoyed this visit today. We appreciate you coming in. I have as well. Y'all don't know what's going through my mind right now about me, how I need to develop as a player. So thank y'all. Thank y'all again. That's Darian Ford joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We'll be back to wrap things up right after this. Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize your home really, really home. Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. I do want to mention this, and our vice chancellor for intercollegiate athletics, Jeff Purinton, put out his state of the pack address. Well, he does a great job writing that, doesn't he? <laughs> he really does. He mentioned that A State had the highest finish among the Sunbelt Conference athletic programs in the final Learfield Directors Cup standings that uh, came out here in the last few days. And, of course, six Sunbelt championships played a big factor in that. Well, but, guess uh, what else does? What's that? A national runner-up finish in bowling. Who would sure have thought you get to actually get some benefit from that in one of these things? So, honestly, this Learfield Cup is considerably less flawed than the Boobas Cup. The Boobas Cup only awards points in the sports that the Sun Belt gives a championship in. Bowling's not one of them. It mm-hmm. doesn't sponsor bowling. But now, you know, beach volleyball is. So, that's just another place where if you got the worst beach volleyball team in the league, you're going to outscore Arkansas State at least one to nothing, you know, but on account of that. So, I've always, even long before I went back to work in the athletic department, did not think that the total points in the Bubis Cup was really an indicator of which department had a, their best year. So that's why I always did Bobo's Cup. Yeah, and I was about to bring that up. That's one thing that I thought was uh, some of your best work. You came up with the Bobo's Cup, which was actually more weighted. I would take how many points, basically how many points a school scored, divided by how many of the sports it offered. So who scored the highest average number of points per sport they offered right is who to me had the best year and look and a lot of times it would fall largely in line with the boobas cup standings but not right down it you i mean you could finish higher or lower in one or the other i mean because there's there are a couple of schools that that compete in every sport that somebody offers championships in so there are at least a couple of just free points there even if they're absolutely positively terrible in those sports they pick up points on the field just by fielding a team and then meanwhile, here's Arkansas State, one of the best bowling teams in the country that gets squat yeah. in the Boobas Cup. That obviously is a big deal, though, that A-State was number one as far as Sunbelt teams in the Learfield Director's Cup standings. And, you know, you have to basically score, you know, nationally, essentially. So, like, you know, A-State. Because of the bowling and, and track and field. And the, and the two first-team All-Americans. You know, having two first-team All-Americans actually scored points in the national, you know, meet at track and field, and then the national runner-up bowling kind of compiled the the points there for A-State. Anything else we need to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, well, you know, I didn't ask. I mean, I really hadn't heard anything about your weekend. 
we went to Vegas this past week to uh, see Adele in concert. Tickets aren't cheap for that, by the way. <laughs> anyway, it was a good weekend. Able to get away for a couple of days and, and see uh, what was uh, Adele's 35th Las Vegas show. And this this was the first show of her second leg of her residency. Huh. And it is quite something. We took uh, our youngest two with us over the weekend to play around the golf. Okay, how'd that go? Uh, it was fun. It was enjoyable. Have Great. they actually played by themselves so, before? A little bit. And Stuart, our youngest, he did. He had his clubs with. I don't even know that he ever hit a ball outside of the range. And Brody would get out there a lot of times early on. He would, uh, you know, we got around the green. He had putt, and then the, the first par three on the front we were playing was over water, so we didn't mess with it there. And then we rolled around to the second par three, like, like the sixth hole or something like that. We didn't have time to took him up to the red tee box and let him play the hole outright. So it was, played like a 91-yard par three for him, and he parted. Way to go. Yeah. By the way, I made four. His mom made five. He made three. <laughs> <laughs> Did he let you hear about it? Well, he no, so he hit, a, he hit his driver up there a little bit in front of the green, hit, a, hit his wedge up past the hole and to the left up in the fringe, and he hit about a – you know, maybe a 15, 17-foot putt from above the hole through the fringe. And he snaked it in there for par and just dropped his putter and took off sprinting. I mean, not even like toward the green, like the opposite direction. Just took off running. <laughs> I would, too. <laughs> well, good for him. I'm glad he got his first ever par. Yeah, sure was. Hey, we appreciate uh, Darian Ford coming in. What an impressive young man he is. Really excited about seeing him on the floor and the rest of that yes. A-State men's basketball team just a few months away. I know we got a lot of folks excited about that, and Darian Ford, a big reason why. For everyone that's been a part of this one, for Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody.